Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, it's Friday, August the 4th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And first on the episode, we're going to be hearing from an Ashford mum who's still bedbound three years after being involved in what at the time was just a minor crash. Louise Turner had stopped at traffic lights for an ambulance and was hit by the driver behind her in December 2019. Initially, she thought she was just suffering from whiplash, but the situation spiralled. Well, our reporter Leanne Castle has been chatting to Louise and her partner Robin McNichol. Initially adrenaline took over and um, I I got out of the car um, had a bit of a panic but didn't feel too bad Um, following that um, the next few days I noticed that I couldn't keep my head up Um, I had um, quite a severe case of whiplash but um, even then it wasn't until a friend um, turned around and said um, Louise, I think you've got whiplash because it had taken a couple of days to come out. Um, then following that, I started having all sorts of serious neurological issues, um, like shaking quite violently, um, pressure in my head, which was um, absolutely unbearable. Um, it, it would get to the point where I'd have such double vision that I couldn't see. Um, and I kept going to A&E over and over again. Um, but they, all they did was treat me for a migraine. I then had an episode of five weeks of high pressure in my brain um, and it is the worst thing that I've ever been through. I was unable to walk because dizziness was so bad. I felt like I was being pushed through the floor. Um, when I closed my eyes, I felt like I was rocking. But I had to close my eyes because I couldn't see. Um, I was being sick everywhere. Um, it was really horrendous. Um, my 17-year-old son was practically begging me to go to hospital to phone 999, but because of my previous experience, um, there was no way I was going to hospital because I just ended up feeling worse. Um, then on, I had a really severe weekend, and then on the Monday morning, um, clear fluid started pouring out of my nose, um, like clear salty fluid. Um, and I just so happened to have an appointment with um, Dr Newman um, at the William Harvey on the Thursday. And by this point, after losing the fluid, I started feeling better. Um, she was an absolute lifesaver for me. And I told her what I was going through. And um, she said, oh, my God, Louise, I think you've got Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Um, I think you've got cranial instability. You've just had a bout of intracranial hypertension and now you've got a CSF leak. Um, And for the first time I felt validated and this was about 18 months after the car accident. It was really, really difficult, really difficult. And I I did end up feeling like I was going crazy. Like um, I had carers and everything, um, but because I was being told I just had a migraine, I thought to myself, like, there must be something wrong with me. Like it, it, it must be all in my head if no one can find out what's wrong. Um, so when I actually got my diagnosis, I wasn't upset um, or even angry. I was actually relieved that there was an answer for all of what I was going through. After years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so t- tell me a little bit how, about how much this has changed your life because I know on the GoFundMe page you mentioned that you used to like going walking and dancing and tell me a little bit about all the things you used to be able to do that you can't do at the moment. Um, just spending time with my kids. 
Um, Louise uh, can't really drive. Um, she struggles to walk more than a few meters. Um, so we've had, I think we're on wheelchair number three or four now. Um, yeah. You know, we've got adaptations to the home. So we've got a wet room, we've got a stair lift. Um, all of those things really pale in comparison to the effect that it has on that day-to-day -day life. Louise can't spend time with her children on her own. Um, you know, she struggles to cook um, for herself, let alone anyone else. Um, yeah, just normal everyday stuff that, you know, we take for granted. Um, I can't do a school run. Like, as much as that used to be mundane and um, something that when it's raining really hard you don't really want to do, but um, I miss stuff like that massively. So tell me about how much this surgery is going to help improve your life. Um, so it varies from case to case, um, but I have a friend who has gone from being severely poorly um, to now walking her dog um, at, that she had the surgery in Barcelona with the other surgeon that first diagnosed me. Um, she's walking her dog, taking her daughter for lunch, back at work. Um, her whole life has changed and she was worse than me. So if, if that can be her outcome, then I'm really positive about how much is going to change my life. Thank you so much to Louise and her partner for sharing their story. They're now trying to raise £60,000 for specialist surgery in Barcelona. You can find a link to their GoFundMe page within the story today at Kent Online. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you and a strike by refuse workers in Canterbury, Whitstable and Herne Bay has been extended into September. The walkouts already lasted a month and the GMB union says talks promised by the council have failed to materialise. They're calling for better pay for bin workers. Bosses insist they've made a fair offer. Five men who stole more than £70,000 worth of alcohol from supermarkets in Kent, London, Essex and Norfolk have been locked up. The gang targeted stores in Aylesford, Gravesend, Maidstone, Broadstairs and Dover between November 2021 and the following September. Follow Kent Online on socials to see a picture of a suspect police are hunting after a teenager was robbed in Broadstairs. The Boy says he was approached in Ramsgate Road by a man who demanded his belongings, with the victim handed over some cash before the offender headed towards the seafront. Now, residents in an apartment block in Maidstone say their lives are being ruined by a noisy neighbour. Lucy has more for the podcast. Well, we've been in contact with Chris Wilkinson, who lives in a flat on Perry Street in a block run by housing association Golding Homes. He says constant noise at all hours is affecting his already fragile mental and physical health. The 40-year-old suffers from FARS syndrome, which affects his motor functions, making it difficult to move about. He's a gardener by trade, but says he's missed out on work because he hasn't had a decent night's sleep in three years. Chris has accused another resident of running a crack den, where drug users gather, making loud noises and breaking things. Other people in the apartment block have also complained, and police have been called out several times. And Lucy What's the response been from the Housing Association? Well, the Executive Director of Customer Experience, Rachel McFarlane, insists they are listening to their customers. She says they're in touch with residents visiting homes and keeping them informed about the action they're taking to address their concerns about antisocial behaviour. Her statement added, We continue to work with them and appropriate community partners, including the police and social services, to explore all options to resolve any issues raised. 
antisocial behaviour is an issue Golding takes very seriously and we're aware of its impact on communities. Kent Online reports. Anton Dubex thanked supporters for their lovely messages after he spoke about being stabbed by his dad when he was a child. The Strictly judge says he spent three days in hospital after being attacked at their family home in Sevenoaks. He made the revelations during a TV interview earlier in the week. A man's been arrested on suspicion of drink driving and assault following a crash on the A2 near Faversham. A lorry and car collided on the London-bound carriageway at Borton yesterday afternoon. We're told no injuries have been reported. Six off-road bikes have been seized by police trying to crack down on antisocial behaviour in Gravesend. Officers spent five days in Riverview, Kings Farm, Northfleet, Singlewell and Mepham. Nine riders were reported and an £8,000 quad bike recovered after being stolen from a farm. Now we're being told not to go in the sea at a second beach in Kent because of pollution. A warning had already been issued about Viking Bay in Broadstairs. Now there are concerns about Herm Bay. It follows all that wet and windy weather on Wednesday. Meantime, we should find out later if a hosepipe ban covering a large part of Kent is going to continue. South East water customers have been banned from using a hosepipe to wash their car or water their gardens for more than six weeks now. The particularly hot June led to taps running dry and the company struggled to meet demand. Stick with Kent Online for any updates on that one. A car park near Sheerness is going to be closed to the public following a rise in vandalism. The site behind Sheppey Hall in Queenborough is often used by parents dropping children off at school as well as people who live and work nearby. Well, it's been blocked off with fencing after residents notice broken glass and boarded up windows. Kent Online reports. It looks like Canterbury City Centre is bouncing back from the pandemic with five new businesses set to open. This is actually one of our most read stories on the website today. An Oliver Bonner store is getting ready to launch where Topshop used to be. It's also expected to be a new jewellers, cafe and restaurant with Moss Bros taking up a unit in Whitefriars Shopping Centre. Elsewhere, a baker who started selling cakes from her mum's kitchen just three years ago is opening her first shop in Hythe. 23-year-old Ellie Miller has been baking since she was 12 but started doing it a bit more seriously during lockdown. Her store on the high street has opened today and Ellie's been chatting to our reporter Leanne. I suppose I've always, always baked um, ever since a young age. I actually, when I was younger, started a little business. I think I was probably about 12 years old. I started selling to like my family and my mum brought me all like the tools that you use and things like that. Um, and then obviously went to school and everything and, and forgot about the baking, but it was still always a passion of mine. Um, and then I, just before lockdown opened, uh, just before sort of not opened, before it started, I opened up a, an Instagram page. The pure reason to do it was literally just to show my bakes and, you know, not, not even to make a business from it. It was just for fun, more of like a blog, I suppose. Um, and I started posting on there in the March 2020 and then um, someone on my Instagram said that they wanted to order one of the cakes and it literally just went from there. And then obviously lockdown happened and the business just blew up, like completely blew up because everybody was at home um, and wanted to make birthday special and obviously cakes is one of the like main ways to do that. So. It just went from there really and I was just mad busy for a good eight months I would say and I was also at uni as well but obviously uni had all been online then and then um, I decided after I finished my degree that I wanted to give it a really good go and so I did and I finished my degree, uh, when was it, I think it was 20, 
21 and then yeah put everything into the baking and that's how it all started. I actually moved to Hythe a couple of years ago now um, with my fiance. We had a flat in Hythe and um, so we're, we're quite, you know, we, we lived here for a year and it was lovely. And I actually remember when the baker was in here before walking past and thinking, oh my God, that is so cute. What a lovely little shop. So when it came up that she was leaving, I was like, oh, that, that would be perfect because um, the footfall down the Hythe High Street is actually very high and um, there are a lot of like uh like older generation that love coming in for like coffees and teas and um yeah it's it it's i think the perfect place for someone like me you know it would be better here than like the ashford town um i just think more like the clientele is better here i suppose and that more people would want to come here and yeah so that's that's why i chose hive also the footfall from the beach as well and the canal it's it's um crazy especially in the summer especially so and because they close the high street too an award-winning art installation showing solidarity with ukraine is going on display in folkestone it's made of steel and features the silhouette of a soldier holding a baby while leading a refugee mother and child to safety you can see it at the bouvery place shopping center from today a legendary punch and judy man will return to broadstairs after he was banned from performing there we told you about this in the podcast earlier in the week brent de wintz hadn't been allowed to do his popular show at viking bay due to licensing issues while well, hundreds of you signed a petition called bring back brett and his show will continue at a new home the pavilion and a rare jaguar has been moved from kent to chester zoo as part of a breeding and conservation program inca came from the big cat sanctuary in smarden and it's hoped she'll prove a good match for resident male napo now with details on everything going on in kent to keep you and the little ones entertained this weekend here's sam laurie the school holidays are in full swing now and that means there's plenty of things for the whole family to do. We've got a six-week guide to the summer holidays on What's On where you can find great activities all over Kent for each week until the start of September. This week, our suggestions include the Pirates Weekend at Dover Castle, cartoon character meets at Howlett's Wild Animal Park, the Medway Gaming Bus and the Jolly Roger train ride from Spa Valley Railway. But that's just the tip of the iceberg as the guide includes both weekly events and activities that are taking place for the whole summer so it's up to you to plan the perfect days out for your family. This weekend, there's also some great music that both the kids and the adults will love. Rock the Moat, one of Kent's biggest tribute festivals, returns to Moat Park in Maidstone on Saturday and Sunday. The three stages will feature tributes to artists such as Little Mix, Madonna, Beyonce, The Beatles, Meatloaf, Iron Maiden and Metallica. I know, a real mix. There's also a children's fairground, street food stores and a beer, ale and cider village. There's also another weekend of live music taking place at Dreamland over the next couple of days as part of the Margate Summer Series. The outdoor venue's stellar summer lineup continues with the Margate Soul Festival, which takes place at Dreamland as well as other venues all over town from Friday to Sunday. There's also a huge headline show from 90s rock band Primal Scream on Saturday with support from Happy Mondays on the fairground scenic stage. And finally, if you fancy some theatre this week, Take That Musical Greatest Days is still showing at the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury until Saturday night. The show follows five school friends who reunite after 20 years to see their favourite boy band in concert one last time, and it's filled with hits from the Take That Back catalogue, including Pray, Never Forget and Back For Good. We've even got a review of the show up online so you can find out what we thought on opening night. We've got so many more events to talk about throughout the summer, so make sure you listen again next week 
and keep an eye on the What's On website so you don't miss a thing. Kent Online Sports. Football, and we now know who's going to captain Gillingham this season. Sean Williams has been given the armband ahead of their first game of the campaign on Saturday. It's a privilege um, and an honour and yeah, something that um, myself and my family would be really ap- appreciate. I'm not going to change um, with or without the armband. I'd still be the same. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of leaders and characters within the dressing room. I don't have to say an awful lot because the dressing room kind of leads itself. Leading by example, setting high standards, setting expectations of myself and my teammates, and yeah, just trying to drive it forward. It's obviously an exciting time for everyone involved in the club that the season's starting, and yeah, it would be no different for myself. We've got strength in numbers and. Um, the players that have been added have added the, to the quality of the group, so hopefully it's a successful campaign. Obviously they've got a quality squad, um, so if we can be within a place or two of them come the end of the season, I'm sure we'll be up there. And Sean will lead the side out at Stockport County tomorrow. They're the League Two title favourites, but there's a lot of expectations on the Jills as well after a strong finish to the last campaign. We've been catching up with manager Neil Harris. It's always exciting the first game. You know, I think, the, the thing, more so for the fan base and, and the players. You know, the players are excited first game of the season. Everyone wants to be in the team, obviously. Uh, the fans are excited because it's a new start. Um, for a manager, it's the, the unknown. Got to be honest, it's unknown because everyone says, "Oh, you ready?" I don't know. <laughs> we think we are. We hope we are. Um, but until five o'clock Saturday, but then at five o'clock, are you ready? You're not ready. You're going to win four 0 lose four 0 Is that going to have a lasting effect on what happens on the last day of the season? No, it doesn't. Stockport for me are, are probably the best squad in the league. Um, so you know, pressure on on them straight away. Is they, they they should get promoted this year. Uh, for us, well, I don't think the expectation is that we end up in that top three or top seven. I think um, you know, a lot of people have summed it up quite well with probably a lot of people's dark horses to be in there because we've done so well in the second half of the season. We're sort of excited about the prospect this year, um, but I don't feel a lot of expectation inside the building or pressure inside the building to be a promotion winning team, which is also a nice position to be in um, because we finished like a steam train last year and, and we're just going to attack every game this season like we did at the end of the last one. We're a little bit light in the building, sort of at the top end of the pitch, um, so we have to balance that off. Obviously, we've had we've had um, a couple of injuries. Um, Ollie's, Ollie's struggling, he's not going to make the weekend, um, so he's not he's not in the plans at the weekend. Um, you know, we've got one or two others that, that might be missing as well, and, and you know that, that makes it extremely tough when you've got a, a, a light group, um, and that's where you go back to probably um, perspective. You know, as much as anything, um, and, and, and need to add quality to the group to compete with you, like your Stockports and your Salfords and your Wrexhams and Notts Counties and Bradford and Mansfield and so on. We want to take the games, we want to be on the front foot and, um, and we want to enjoy it. Because ultimately, from January the 7th last year when Brandon Shannon walked in the building, we enjoyed it, I enjoyed it. And I want to do the same And ahead of the season, Gillingham have issued this message. Towards the end of last season, there were various reports of incidents of discriminatory chanting and comments being made from the stands both here at Priestfield and away games. Football is a safe place for everyone and it needs to stop. 
owners Brad and Shannon Gallanson. Some of the players and staff feature in the video they've shared on socials. They're urging supporters not to cost the club financially through fines for bad behaviour. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. And to do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, you can check out the latest review from our secret drinker. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.